Hello and welcome. This is WrestleWolf. This is our AEW Dynamite review and conversation. I need to come up with something snappier than that. I'm Dr. Damien Gibson and joining me as always is the man who only deals in kayfabe and nothing else. It's Sir Matthew Kayfabe. How do you do? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, uh, I think anyone who's listened to the solo episodes I've done while you've been away has heard that I've been really sick. Like, especially from the quality of the podcasts I've probably put out as well, which have come across like, uh, NWA sucks. Uh, this whole show sucked. Bye. <laughs> so I'm starting to feel a little bit better the last couple of days. So that's, I, uh, that's, uh promising. I'm, I'm not going to die. So that's I want to be really clear that I hate the traders who listened, uh, while I was gone. And, uh, one day there will be a reckoning for each of you. My wrath will 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 rain down upon you with the great vengeance and serious fury. Is that yeah, something like that? Is that Pulp Fiction? Am I getting? Let's close, right? Let's close. Oh, it's look. It's if you. I don't know if I don't know if my reading of the script is (laughs) as good (laughs) as Samuel Jackson's. (laughs) With great fury and serious wrath. Just know that one day, <laughs> one day I shall come for you, and uh, you know, the door. The, the I will be the one who knocks. Now I'm mixing things up, but yeah. uh, please answer uh, and suffer your fate. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> There's probably some people who wish that our podcast were that long. Um, <laughs> Do we have anything that we need to go through before we sort of get into the the card? Has has Dave had a meltdown of any description? Um, there's there's not a there's not a lot as far as AEW goes. Uh, the um, it, it's it's probably worth noting that when WWE had all those releases, that Mickey James got her got her things sent back to her in a in a plastic bag and then WWE fired the person who did it which has led to a bunch of other wrestlers being like did that person do the same thing 10 years ago uh so that's good mm-hmm. um apparently AEW are uh, all going well if it all going well Jesus Christ if it augurs well which is the correct way to say that you peons mm-hmm. uh the uh, AEW will be going on the road full time starting in July so that's exciting. Yeah. Um, not for us. Yeah, that, that is coming to Australia. Exciting. No. But, you know, actual arenas um, will be pretty great. Um, as far as DVR viewership, that's how deep we're going to get. Uh, uh, AEW is doing 34% increases in the 18 to 49s, which is massive. Uh, and... Mm-hmm. Our friends, uh, a bit of an injury update. Uh, Darius Martin, who I like from Top Flight, has had uh, knee surgery to repair his torn ACL. And uh, mm-hmm. John Silver's off television and not travelling because of his uh, shoulder injury, which sucks because he's delightful. And that's really it. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a big week for the old backstage news. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like AEW is going to be like this most weeks where it's like eh, there's a couple of people who are injured uh everything is going well the end you know and then you go and look at the the news coming out of Connecticut and it's just a complete dumpster fire i mean 
oh, we were talking about this yesterday, and, I, and this was before the Mickey James thing came out, where I was mm. like, why would anyone go and work? Why would anyone go and work there? And then I saw that uh, Steph uh, Delauder, who's a an Australian wrestler, wrestled for MCW quite a bit in the last couple of years, has just signed. Like she just put it up on Twitter this morning that she's like, hey, look, I'm at the Performance Center. And I was like, oh, like I'm happy for you, but also, oh. Uh, I, I think and we- then the Mickey James thing came out and I was like, oh, God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think we both- the, uh, like the- I think we both did decide that if we were offered a couple of hundred thousand dollars to go and uh, write for WWE that we would take up the offer, but we'd know it was a bad life decision. Yeah, you'd immediately be unhappy, right? Like after day one, it it just comes across. Like having played a bit of footy and cricket and stuff at like a schoolboy level, just all the stories that I hear, the culture sounds exactly the same where it's just like, filled with alpha male dickheads and you are constantly second guessing whether anyone likes you and you know it's all it's all part of like the process of becoming a member of that team like it seems to be this bizarre <laughs> attitude of like oh if you want to work here you, you have to be you have to put up with a whole bunch of psychological torment for years on end and then you'll never actually know whether you're doing a good job or not and, and then the- when even when you're fired you all your shit gets sent to you in a in a garbage bag, like- and you eventually will be fired. That's the unless you unless you are blood related, you're you're getting fired. And even if you're blood, like let's be honest, there was a big disappearance of Shane McMahon for a, for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's not talk about fi- that. Vince Vince fired Pat Patterson. <laughs> he fired <laughs> for Bruce. Fuck's sake. I mean, Bruce was bringing guns to work, but still, he did fire Bruce. Was he Twice. really? Yeah, that's the. It's it's not not very oh good. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, you know what? Maybe I wouldn't take the job. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would <laughs> just be like, look, I love wrestling, but I don't want to be part of that. I'd be like, and then it just sounds Adam, awful. Adam Cole defeats Bobby Lashley in an hour's uh, <laughs> Raw match. The whole third hour of Raw is devoted to this. And then yeah. uh, my- <laughs> now, like, Adam Cole's about to be out of contract, and I'm like, exactly. He leaves the company, goes to AEW as WWE champion. The forbidden door's properly opened. Come on, guys, let's do this. Yeah, we we work round the clock all the time except on Wednesday nights where we watch Dynamite from the WWE writing room. <laughs> Come on. I would um I'd sign Warhorse immediately, and uh, Raw would become Monday night is Warhorse. Raw as Warhorse. Yeah, that look. That's not. A, that's not a terrible. Uh, I'd just. I'd re-sign John Moxley and start the Shield again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd start a. Uh, I'd start. <laughs> I'd start a um a faction full of freaks. So it'd be Warhorse, Danhausen, uh, Dexter Loomis, the Fiend. <laughs> oh God, I hate. I hate anything with Dexter Loomis. This is my. What I would actually <laughs> I do. It is something I've told you about before, but I'm not sure I've ever said on this podcast. I would uh, book Triple H to win the NXT world title and become, like, this absolute fucking nightmare uh, cretin leading, being like, I'm the greatest of all time, I'm the most, you know, awarded superstar of all time. Look at, you know, you're all just trainees, but I'm a man. Oh, God, it would be good. (laughs) 
<laughs> everyone who still likes NXT no longer likes it. Yeah. I was just to say to kill off any brand loyalty that still exists after the last year and a half. <laughs> he just kills Karrion Cross's career. Oh, God. Sorry, I'm getting excited just listening just listening to myself speak. Let's talk about Dynamite Man. Oh, we man. We're too yeah. far into this to, to have not mentioned AEW. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, the, they did over a million again this week. One point, what was it, 1.4? 1.14, I think. That's so good. They they deserve it. I think it, it might go up shows. again, like going into Blood and Guts. Yeah, it is. Well, the, that, the that's only, the thing. Like, once people actually come. The, the only thing is we're getting into summer in America where uh, ratings go down across the board. Yeah, but going into Blood and Guts, I think people. I think this more is- people will will watch. This is interesting, right? Like, this is a whole, uh, the whole show is going to be the match or at least, you know, promos leading up to the match and then the match. And it's going to be apparently the original 1987 War Games style uh, rules. Because remember they were going to have a blood and guts and then COVID happened? Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fascinating, isn't it? Like, genuinely fascinating. Yeah, I... Yeah, man. Like, and uh, I heard, <clears throat> um, like, I, I was sort of saying last week that I'm hearing criticism about like people thinking this will be the end, like this will be the blow off of the inner circle pinnacle, um, mm. you know, angle. It absolutely will not be. I mean, the 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 story is Jericho versus MJF. Yeah, and that's so I'm there's assuming no, there's that no will happen a double or nothing. Yeah, it has to. It has to. It has to be on a pay per view. It can't. You know, um, maybe maybe they would give it away on TV. But then also, like they work so well together. Mm. There was a, a almost a what year long build up of MJF being friend, or you know, six month build up of MJF being friends with Jericho, him being in the inner circle, all that kind of thing. Mm. I, I don't. I don't see them blowing it off in six weeks. You know. The, also, when they can make so much money out of it, why would they? It makes makes no sense to me. Well, the joint promo packages this week, the sort of Jim Ross sit down with the pinnacle and then the inner circle ch- challenging the, the pinnacle to a parlay in the ring, which is fantastic and bizarre. But um, what, what really shone was that MJF delivered an absolute, like, killer promo, classic MJF. He always does. Jericho delivered a great promo, maybe was sort of a little bit silly sometimes, looked like he might have had a little bit of the bubbly beforehand, but that's okay. Um, He's Chris Jericho. He's still great and engaging, particularly when he's in a ring with fans. Um, What really shone for me was I thought Wardlow's little promo in there was, like, extremely good and made me like, ooh, Wardlow. And then, look, Jake Hager's was not very good, but uh, Santana's was fantastic. Straws. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't like straws. Well, I think that the problem was he didn't throw the straws appropriately at the camera. So, it was like, what the fuck's he doing? Yeah. And uh, anyway, he that was- He just dropped him on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it looked like he was like, his hand was just like, it's, it's like he had Parkinson's and he was trying to like, it, it was not good. It did. So, um, but then, but Santana what, was. What, what about you, Hager? <laughs> Jake, straws. 
anyway, but Santana's of part it of it was absolutely spectacular. Like we don't get to see him speak all that much, and he, you know, took a real uh, authenticity to the fact that, you know, it it, it made you more excited or it made me more excited mm. to see them in this match as well as just the the big story. Um which I think is really exciting. Like, I can't wait to see Wardlow in Blood and Guts. I can't wait to see Santana and Ortiz, who are, you know, these street fighters as well as technical wrestlers. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. And that's the the other thing about this story continuing on on is when the first... um, when they had their first interaction, they kind of paired off, right? Like, Santana and Ortiz Mm. were getting up in FTR's grill and, like, Wardlow and Hagar were, were going head-to-head. There's no way that they AEW uses the whole buffalo to use mm. an Americanism, right? Like, and there's no way that they would film though that happening and not use it later on down the track. Yeah. I think the likelihood with, with war games is that something will happen to, like, Chris. You know what I mean? Like, they'll somehow get all of the inner circle out of the 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 cage and and kill Chris somehow where he has to go away for a bit. Yeah, I mean that's a, there's then, a very good chance that that happens. I think it's just well, fascinating I'm just, I'm just to thinking do a, like to do a I'm whole just thinking match. The, you know, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say the the because there was a war games where the um four horsemen did that to Dusty Rhodes where they broke his arm in the door and stuff and knowing all of their obsessions with late 80s NWA, WCW wrestling, I think there's a pretty good chance that that may happen, you know. Well, that was, that was, I could be wrong, but I think that was the 1987 War Games that this is sort of. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, the rules based on. So, it sort of makes sense. The heels end up with the with the numbers advantage for most of the match. Um, it just, it, it makes sense that that's how you do it and that, you know, the pinnacle reigns supreme for a month or so and then Chris Jericho comes back and. Oh shit, it's on, and you know we we get the singles matches. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see this. I, I wouldn't worry if if you're listening and you're worried that this will be the end of the inner circle and pinnacle feuding. I would not worry about that at all. No, um, <clears throat> I noticed. Um, you know, I mean, we we kind of delve off talking about WWE, and I think it's probably because at times, and I think it's probably because everyone who's a wrestling fan has been in some sort of an abusive relationship with Vince McMahon for a long period of time. And I was kind of like, you know, it's just really, I was, re- I really enjoyed this week's Dynamite, even though I saw sort of a lot of reviews calling it a middling episode. I actually thought the wrestling was superb, and I thought the continuing storylines were great, and. This this is the episode that I've enjoyed the most in the last three or four weeks, I think. Mm. But anyway, my point is when um, when the inner circle came out and Judas hit and the crowd were just singing their guts out and they kept cutting to the crowd and people are like headbanging and stuff and dancing around and mm. like the commentator, like Jim and Tony are joking around with each other and like inner circle are high-fiving and got their arms around each other and stuff. Everyone in Daly's place in that 30 seconds, 45 seconds, was the encapsulation of fun and joy. You know what mm. I mean? And you just don't see that on WWE TV, like, at all. It just hit me between the eyes of, like, ah, oh, but, yeah, like, everyone is having, everyone's having fun, everyone's smiling, 
watching this show, everyone who makes the show is smiling right now. I mean, obviously you can't have that all the time because it's heels and blah, blah, blah. But in this moment where everyone is allowed to have fun, they are. And they don't get told off about it. They get to be their own their own selves. It was just this, I don't know, it was just this moment of like, God, it's so much fun. I think because I've watched a lot of WWE recently, like with mm. WrestleMania and takeovers and all that kind of stuff. And it, it just... Like, it made me feel really happy that AEW exists. And I also felt really sad for anyone who works at WWE. Like, it must just be an awful, awful place to make wrestling, especially if you watch the opposition and see that and go, oh, man. Yeah, that's Maybe that's what Daniel Bryan's feeling at the moment if his interviews are anything to go by. Daniel Bryan, AEW confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to keep putting it out there like the secret and then hopefully Daniel Bryan will show up. <laughs> what, while it was a little bit of a middling episode, it did have a lot of good stuff on it though. Like I think like I was a bit like, ah, oh, like they've built up Tay Conti. Uh, you know, she was, uh, you know, I really enjoyed, have enjoyed watching her grow into the character she's in. Oh, they like, is this, isn't this sort of a big match they're giving away? And then because of the fact that Dr. Britt Baker comes out and she's the new number one contender, you can see why they didn't, uh, why they were like, look, you know, Tay Conti's young, she's great, she's, she, you know, she'll be back, uh, but we're, we're going towards double or nothing, Sheeta, Britt Baker, and Britt Baker's going to be the world champion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought all of this was great. I thought this match was amazing. Mm. I thought the girls beat the living shit out of each other. And that, you know, for TV, you know, like they were probably working a bit more snug <clears throat> uh, than you usually would for a TV episode. But it's a women's championship match, so they took it seriously. So I thought that was great. Take Conti's elevated. You know, I mean, this is a woman that was released this time last year. I can't believe WWE, that they you know. uh, they didn't see what she had like you know usually it like it literally you know, makes no sense does it you know they what I mean? are, like, <laughs> like they're, they're not really that hit or miss like we've talked about before the fact that a lot of these people that leave wwe because they're frustrated with their spot or whatever it's it's actually very rare that they elevate above that on the on the indies like some of them do some of them become you know, significantly more than what they were in WWE. But, like, you know, like the reality for someone like John Moxley, yeah, he wanted to do different things, but he also was a WWE champion. Like, you know, he's one of the biggest names in WWE. Um, You know, but then Matt Hardy, who left because he wanted to do more creative things, is, you know, got, I think, uh, about 15 seconds of television time on Dynamite tonight. Um. Mm. You know, talking about signing Jade Cargill, like you know, they, a lot of these people, you know, Rusev. Although the Rusev promo, I'm sure we'll get to Rusev Miro promo, we'll get to his was really good. But you know, he hasn't elevated beyond where he was in WWE, and in some ways has been significantly worse. Um, you know, they don't actually always miss, despite the fact that like we might not always be happy. They usually. Like, you know, they see Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, these people that are insanely talented and put them, Daniel Bryan, um, you know, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, these people who are great wrestlers who have a lot to give, they put them in shit storylines and it's like, wow, wouldn't it be better to see them somewhere else? 
but they don't usually miss like they clearly did with Tay Conti because she's going to be a big star. Mm. Yeah, I don't, mm, yeah. I just think there hasn't really been somewhere else for these people to go as well. And Like in the last year and a half, two years, there there has been. I mean, Miro, we've spoken about his booking has has just been poor. Like they've just done the wrong thing since he got to AEW. But now that they're starting to do the right thing, I think Rusev could be could be anything. And it will be another it'll be another thing where people will look at WWE's booking of him and be like, What how did you not I well, agree with you with John Moxley? Know, we, we've for got sure, a hope. But like, but like also, you know, Brody Lee, uh, Matt Hardy, um, you know, there 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 are various, you know, Christian Cage. These people are were mid carders. Yeah, but Christian's been there three weeks. Well, he's been there. Uh, he's been there. I think five or six now. He's just been re- he's wrestled twice. Yeah, but they're just Christ. building up his. They're just building up his storyline. I, I think like the the uh, I mean Matt Hardy like shouldn't have gone to W like Matt and Jeff shouldn't have gone to WWE when they did. You know what I mean? Like they were they were starting to get people to watch Impact because of the deletion matches and all that sort of thing and then obviously wwe back up a huge truck and of money and they go to wwe and matt hasn't really had the same because then when he came to AEW, everyone expected him to be uh the the leader of the dark order and then he wasn't and so everyone's just sort of been like eh. but also you know um, the the deletion stuff was pretty done by the time it got to the end of impact and you know it was ve- so niche like so niche and they tried to do it in AEW as well, and they tried to do it in WWE. It just doesn't really work with the larger scale. The match that he had with Sammy Guevara where they had an actual deletion match, I thought that was great. But it yeah, just it popped fine. up out of nowhere. And he was fine in the stadium stampede, but he was probably the most, the, the least exciting part of the stadium stampede. But the... Like I think Matt. more and more we'll see WWE, you know, because the like just because they're on the books doesn't necessarily mean that WWE is doing good things with them. You know oh, what I mean? No, like absolutely. Cesaro absolutely. has been like Cesaro has been underutilized for ten years. You know, like he's been in the bar. Like even at the moment, it was like like last week on SmackDown, he came out had a face to face with. Uh, Roman, like had a match with Roman, and then of course Seth Rollins comes out, and they just continue to have the same storyline that I, he's I, been having but, for but, but I think there's a difference. Then- there's a difference between underutilized and like he is in a feud and just had a massive WrestleMania match with one of the top stars in the company. Like theoretically, that is being like that is that is the best WWE can offer in some ways. Not everyone can be in the world title picture at the same time, but it's. The the difference is that the storylines might be better elsewhere. Like the you know, if Cesaro came to AEW, I'm not sure I'd necessarily be immediately keen for the Cesaro world title run. You know, I don't like I don't think I'd want to see him beat Kenny Omega and you know, well, Rain over. On the, it depends on the story and the booking. But given that they let these people like Cody's an example of someone that was actually misused. By WWE, but my like it, my point is, when they sign everybody, mm. it is hard for them to not miss because they sign everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So like, 
like, you know, I mean, they miss you. Like, Alistair Black is a good example. Buddy Murphy's a good example. Andrade is a good example. Of well, Andrade who- will see. I think Alex Alistair Black, you can definitely say probably, uh, like, their booking in the, on the main roster killed him. Like, he could have been, you know, sort of a new Undertaker-style character. And hmm. they it was bizarre what they did with him. The Fiend. Um, like, they've killed their own creation. They had this amazing character that everyone was into, and then they just threw terrible... Bo- anyway, <laughs> Tay Conti's going to be a star, and WWE <laughs> fucked up by getting rid, getting rid yes. of them. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely agree on that. Yeah, like that would it's a bizarre it's a bizarre one, particularly because with the women, like I think with Chelsea Green, they've done the same thing. Like Chelsea Green is gonna come and be a massive star somewhere because she's fucking awesome. And I don't know. She'll how. most likely go to impact, right? Well, I hope she comes to AEW, but like also AEW's women's division is they they need this second show really fucking badly because there's too much talent mm. in AEW and then they're just not You mean fourth show. No, we let's not count the the you know the the online squash matches, but like you know guys <laughs> like you know. what do you mean Dark Elevation's amazing man? <laughs> it's, if you want if you want to if you want to watch seventeen squash matches in a row, then Elevation's your show. But this is you know we need we they have enough talent and they're good enough creatively because they've got so many creative minds working there to be able to just have a show that's not just like you know. It's an actual different show. Like SmackDown, when it's good, can be a really good show separate from Raw. Raw hasn't been a very good show in, you know, a decade and a half, maybe more. <laughs> Raw um, is so bad at the moment. Anyway. But like, that, like you know, if they just say, look, like this, whatever our second show is going to be called, this is, uh, this is uh, Ricky Starks' show and he's going to be, or, you know, this is... Darby Allen's going to be the, the you know, the the big star of this show and they've built him up on Dynamite to sort of be the face of the show. This, like, they've got so many good young people. Like, Joey Janela's never on TV. Um, you know, John Silver's people like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a little tentative about that. Uh, if they, if they, I, yeah, if they got rid of Dark and Dark Elevation, if they were like, right, those shows don't exist anymore, you know what I mean, here's our new second show and it's a proper show, then, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably be into it. But um, I don't know, man. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, when you've got seven hours of WWE programming every week, I think the last thing AEW needs to do is, you know, increase the amount of hours that people have to watch. I just think they have too many people on their roster that aren't being utilised. So they sort of, like, you know, I don't watch WWE. Only- so for me, it's talk. we're talking about other than WCW and ECW, which we do shows on, it's not, it's not so hard. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying the quality can diminish really quickly when you go from a two-hour to a three-hour show or to, like, you know, having a three-hour show and then a second two-hour show or whatever, if, like, if Power just became the second show, mm. fine. I th- like, that kind of would work. Or if Impact just became the second show, I think that would work. Um, 
sorry about that. Kaylee just like put music on really loud and I couldn't hear what you were saying and I was concerned. Like, oh, right. What is, what is, <laughs> I couldn't what is hear that at all. happening? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I've completely forgotten what oh, we were talking about in the second show. Hmm. Anyway, um, I thought that Britt Baker's um, coming out and then just pointing at the rankings and then leaving again mm. might might be the coolest moment of her career <laughs> so far, which is amazing because she didn't speak and, you know, talking on the stick is one of her great strengths. But mm. uh, I just thought that was so cool. It was just like it made her look staunch. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? like she came out, pointed to the screen. And uh, and I thought Sheeta kind of sold it really well. Of like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, mm. <laughs> like I've just beaten Tay Conti. This match took everything out of me, and now I've already got to deal with it. Like I can't even, I can't even, re- like I can't even have one night of celebration. I'm already having to worry about Britt Baker. And knowing it's really cool, you know, I thought knowing Britt Baker's coming for you doesn't mean there's going to be a match next week. But what it means is she's going to torture you and make your life really fucking difficult for the next month, which is great. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna hear you're gonna hear Reba's stupid laugh quite a bit mm. when they appear which out of is nowhere. The, you mean the the most over thing with the Doctor Gibson? Uh, <laughs> I love the- it. I love <laughs> I love her so much. I love both of them. Like, I love them both together. I know inevitably there's going to be the uh, Virgil Million Dollar Man split down the middle where Reba gets to wrestle Britt Baker. I hope and they don't be do the that. biggest baby face ever. In like two years time. I'm not talking about now. You, know? <laughs> you have to have uh you have to have like uh, Britt Baker treat Reba like absolute dirt. Mm. Like even more than she does now. Yeah. For a long period of time and then then you split them up. That would be a lot of fun. Look, I'm well, you know, Britt Baker's second year of as champion kind of thing. Although I think Thunder Rosa might at some point, uh, or Big Swole make their way. Yeah. Uh Chris Statlander seems to be getting pushed a bit. Tay mm. Conti also is around. So they're starting to get, you know, a group a, a good decent roster. group of Yeah, man. Chris Statlander looks amazing since she's come back. She's done the John Moxley of like Getting injured, going away, and coming back like absolutely swollen, ripped. Yeah, like, <laughs> like she's she's amazing. Um, I finally got to see a match that I've wanted to see for ages in Hangman Page and Ricky Starks, mm. and I thought it was a really, really good match. Like, I th- yeah. I don't quite understand the mehness about this episode. I thought. <laughs> Great. When you got an episode that starts with Ricky, I'm not saying you so much, like other commentators that I've that I've heard like really whinging about this episode. When you get Ricky Starks and Hangman Page having like a knockdown drag him out match that told a good story. Um, you know, Starks loses but still looks pretty strong because he's pushed Hangman and like loses because of an injury. So that can that's a storyline that they can go back to uh later on. And Hangman Page is just yeah. the best. It's just I, the best. <laughs> I, I just, just love watching him. He's like, I just want them to wait. Like, obviously, they're building for Kenny Hangman um, at Double or Nothing, and Hangman he has to win this one. All the, unless they're doing a story where he couldn't beat Jericho. Did he? He didn't wrestle Moxley. Uh, 
and then he couldn't beat Omega. Like, you know, he can never win the big one. And then, you know, in six months he comes back again and he's learnt from his failings. Like, this might be the, the beginning of the road of trials for Hangman in the in the, uh, in the uh, Joseph Campbell sort of story thing. But if they're leading to him winning, I think they're doing it a little bit prematurely. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like, think they'll pull them. I'm not I, like I was not particularly excited by the elite element of the promo this week. Like I sort of thought, other than Doc Gallows wearing a leather fedora, which was <laughs> extremely confronting, and Carl Don't Anderson forget about the dangly feathered earrings, <laughs> and Carl Anderson wearing a leather beret. Um, I thought their promo was was not exceptional. Um, you know, I why? think why. Because uh, Matt Jackson keeps getting involved <laughs> when you've got Den- when you've got Don Callis and Kenny Omega right fucking there, <laughs> you know I mean? and the and the Good Brothers. You know what I mean? There are like out of those six people, there are four that are much better promos than Matt, and he just keeps shoving his little rat face in there, <laughs> trying to have his say. Just wear your Gucci boots, Matt, and shut the fuck up. You know I didn't I mean? enjoy like, I, I didn't enjoy Kenny in this particular one either, but then I did very much enjoy Moxley and Kingston and the fact that very, very clearly Moxley and Kingston are just having the time of their lives and not at all. Like, we're clearly going to Moxley-Kingston tag team champions. Like, that's <laughs> looks like we're, we're, they're, they're going to yeah, face the Young Bucks yeah. at double or nothing. Like, that's 100% happening. And... Uh, the way they're behaving together is so ludicrous. Like, you know, when Moxley nearly accidentally speared Eddie with a with the with the, the bar with the giant yeah. pipe, and Eddie's like, "Hey, get out!" And he's like, "You should have just got out of the way." Yeah, can you at least like let me get out of the way before you try and put a <laughs> metal spear through my head? Uh, yeah, there's a real like kind of Three Stooges element to the two, like sort of mm. insane. Uh, mm. Violent Three Stooges, but there's two of them, so it's a really bad. Uh, <laughs> it's a really bad uh, description of what's going on. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. I, the one criticism that I've heard that I think is valid is the the severe lack of um, any promo work being done on AEW's part in relation to Impact Rebellion. Mm. Uh, is it Rebellion on yeah. Sunday? Yeah, um, I've, I've got, we're like yes. We should uh, talk about this. Yeah, so I'm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've bought I've bought the pay per view, so I'm really looking forward. It's actually a pretty good card, man. The Impact do basic wrestling really well. There's six matches on the card. The pay per view will go for about two and a half hours. Mwah, perfect. Um, but it just hasn't been like Impact have have only been talking about Kenny Omega, like only. And I mean, have they? Rich Swan kind of half got mentioned by Kenny Omega in this promo, like. I mean, you I are talking, you know, I've if heard- you, yeah. If you were Impact, you'd be you- focusing on Kenny Omega as well. Yeah, of course, but it's meant to be a, a partnership, right? Like, uh, if I was Impact, I'd be a little shitty about how little AW were putting well, into they must, this. They must have if- some deal with them that prevents, there, there must be something going on because it is bizarre that they really do never mention it. We'll just, just quickly, can we, let's just run through that impact card because it's 
I just had a look at it as you, as we were talking, and it's so fire and flavor versus Jordan Grace and Rachel Allering uh, for the Impact Knockout Tag Team Championship. Like that's fine. Uh, Probably the weakest match on the card, but it's still it'll be good. It'll be mm, fine. I mean, I think yeah. Uh, Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack versus Violent by Design, which is Eric Young, Dina, Joe Doring, and Rhino. It's a lot of big names. I don't know if necessarily it's the most exciting thing in the world, but it's a lot of big names. Uh, uh, Violent by Design have been doing some cool promos and stuff like that. Like it's very like sort of heel by numbers type thing, but there's enough charismatic people in the group to keep you interested, you know? Yeah. Uh, Trey Miguel versus Sal- Sammy Callahan in a last man standard match. I'm um, like, you know, that should be cool. Yeah, uh, Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers, which does not excite me enormously. I'm into it. The only thing I would say about that storyline is that, like, um, it's just, like this is this is what everyone's worried about with the inner circle and pinnacle is this storyline mm. and impact. We're <laughs> like, um. Matt Cordona showed up and then like they just immediately were feuding. And then there's been this like weird, they kind of addressed it after a few weeks, but there was this weird like two or three week period where like they were acting as if they weren't best friends who ran a business together and did like seven podcasts a week together. <laughs> you know, like it was just like if you're a wrestling fan, if you're watching Impact, you're probably a, a pretty big mark, right? So you know that these two are best mates and that they run, they essentially mm run their lives together right mm. and then on impact it's like you know it was kind of mentioned of like oh what are you doing here this is my promotion blah 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 blah. what are you doing here you would have driven to the fucking arena together you know what i mean <laughs> like it was just sort of bizarre now like this is the blow off of the feud it's been a bit as much like i think they'll put on a pretty good match because they can both wrestle all right but it's just mm. been the story's been botched a bit then we've got Ace Austin uh, versus Josh Alexander versus TJP for the X Division Championship. That's uh, got the that's got the show stealing capacity all over it. Uh, Diona Perazzo versus Tennille Dashwood for the Knockouts Championship. So that that will be great. Awesome. Uh, Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers for the Impact Tag Team Championship. Pretty good. I think the Good Brothers will win the belts back. I think they someday. have to, don't they? Uh, and then uh, Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega for the for the title versus title. I'm assuming this ends in some kind of disqualification, right? Is Kenny know, Omega going to be the impact? There's a lot champion? of talk. Yeah, there's a lot of talk swirling around that Kenny Omega is going to be like a belt collector <clears throat> and just going around and, and collecting belts for the next six months. Or which... is or is uh, is Rich Swan going to be the AEW champion? I imagine. <laughs> I don't. I think that's the one. That's the one um, scenario that we can put a big black line through. <laughs> Rich Swan will not win the AEW championship, but I think Kenny Omega. That's the weird thing, man. And like, and that's why this promo on Dynamite kind of made me think. Oh, well, maybe it is going to be a screwy mm. finish of some description because it just sort of feels like that initial excitement that everyone had of like. Oh, the forbidden door is open, and Impact's going to be Impact and Dynamite are sharing a universe and stuff. It really has only been the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega, who I mean, like they had private party on there for a little while and stuff. But yeah, I think you, the more I think about it, the more I think you might be right that it'll just end in a DQ and 
But I mean that that would be a really lame finish to what has been a pretty cool thing for wrestling fans, right? But you know, because yeah, it, it like what it does is set a precedent of like, well, you know, whenever any of these wrestlers cross over, nothing will actually ever happen. And AEW's been pretty good. I mean, this is obviously is an AEW, but AEW's been very good at not having screwy finishes. Hmm. Like, yeah, they- I just, I hope Kenny does win because it one, it sets the precedent of like, oh well, shit, people can come into other promotions and and win their top belt. Mm. Um, I mean, it has to be someone pretty special like Kenny Omega to do that. But mm. um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to that pay per view though. Impact always have cool little. Yeah, it's really patronizing, isn't it? But they do. They have like just nice, tight, interesting enough pay per views. You know, like it's mm. every time I've watched a pay per view of theirs, I've been like, oh, that's been that was pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I th- and I think like look like you know, it will be exciting. I'm gonna watch. It's you know, I I haven't watched WrestleMania, but I'm gonna watch Impact Rebellion. I don't know what that says about me as a wrestling fan. Maybe that I'm a wrestling. Yeah, fan. yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania had a couple of cool moments and then the rest of it you can pretty much just leave. Um hey, Alex is back as Penta's manager. Oh, this was so good. He's he's even I stepped it up. It so I love this guy. Yeah. This guy's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Penta says <laughs> it's so great, man. Uh, and I saw I saw the t-shirts you were talking about and as soon as my Danhausen t-shirt shows up then um I think I'll be investing in a Penta T-shirt, Penta says T-shirt. Yeah, this I, I, <laughs> my yeah. New Year's resolution of not buying any more wrestling T-shirts is is really fucking not going well at all. <laughs> <laughs> She's wonder, uh, he's wonderful though. This this man is wonderful. Penta's wonderful. Penta beating Trent is great. I'm like I love that Death Triangle uh, are having a story with the best friends and Orange Cassidy. It's just deeply yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, and it has been a story for a few weeks. And again, I heard reports from other outlets talking about how like there's been no story here, and this was just out of the blue, and blah 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 blah. And I was, do you do you watch Dynamite or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the best friends when the best friends reappeared with Chris Statlander, which was either last week or the week before, mm. they came out and interrupted Death Triangle and said, "Hey, we haven't fucking forgotten." all the shit that you've done to us, we're coming after you. I mean, you don't get any more wrestling 101 story than that, right? Exactly. It looks... It's, and then this yeah. week, even though the, the match was amazing, everyone involved did great work, I heard all these reports of like, oh, this was shit and there's no story. I mean, where's the story come from? Like, where, do, are, you, are you watching the same... I don't know. Yeah, I sometimes Maybe feel that Maybe actually watch well. the show rather than taking, you know, writing notes about little funny jokes that you can make on your YouTube channel. We, um, we Oh, you go. No, no, no. I've, I've, I'm done. I've said my piece about that. <laughs> I loved all of it. I loved I, every second of it. And I think the, the only thing that we haven't spoken about is the fact that Jungle Boy and Darby Allen had an absolute ripper of a match. Just, you know, it was really good. There was lots of fun. The, uh, the Sting uh, Luchasaurus didn't. The Sting's uh, offense on Luchasaurus didn't look a plus, but that's a like you know Sting's a sixty-two year old man. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I was I was really enjoying this. My only small criticism is I probably could have done without the ringside stuff mm. because the match was so enjoyable. You know, it's like we're finally, you know, we're seeing Jungle Boy versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Just let him go. You know, we don't really need to. There, there isn't really going to be a continuing storyline here, so we don't really need to have anyone else get involved. So I was just a bit like, uh, you know, I wasn't jumping up and down and having a temper tantrum about it. I was just like, uh. the um, uh, I did see a point where people were like, oh, you know, they're both. There's a lot more people watching the show. Both of these guys are very young, mm. so maybe Sting was written into it, so you know it kept older viewers around. Yeah, well, definitely. Like, I, I can definitely see that as a as a thing, but you, I think I agree that as a as a storyline element, from a pure, you know, watching the show, it, it was probably a little bit unnecessary. But and I and I know we don't talk about spots on this show very often. Um, except in Ray Fenix matches, just because you're absolutely insane if you don't reference the crazy things he does. <laughs> no, yeah. But uh, you know, we're taught that the uh, edge of the ring uh, under the ropes is, you know, the hardest bit of the ring. All this kind of stuff, and you know how true that is. I don't know. I've never taken a bump, uh, but uh, watching. Uh, Darby Allen do a coffin drop on Jungle Boy on the edge of the ring was. Just one, like it, it gave me like Cactus Jack vibes. Like there was just something brutal and like wonderful about it. Um, and it, I just, I thought it was a great match. I thought that it, like that kind of stuff just makes it look so legit for two guys that, you know, like I think Jack Perry, you know, physically will be, you know, will, if he gets a little bit bigger, he sort of does have a bit of a more normal wrestler's body, but Darby's such a little fellow for a you know and he and he's got so much charisma though uh it just looks legit which is a lot of fun yeah i kind of i said on last week's episode that i was starting to get a little not um not bored but just a little bit of like i don't know if darby allen can cat like i don't know if darby allen has the technical chops to be able to do a open challenge type thing week after week after week because it sort of becomes him just getting thrown around. And then this match, and then he does this with Jungle Boy and basically just dunks on me, you know. Mm. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, man. How about this with some technical wrestling? And I have to apologize to him and to everyone else. I was completely wrong. <laughs> this was an amazing match. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would like to see. It's another one of those little um couplings that tony khan can just put in the back pocket and be like oh okay oh, i can bring these two you know this is a future feud that will be fantastic at some point mm, absolutely um do you do you want to do you want to do you want to hear what's on for next week next week's a well i was just gonna mm. i was interested to see uh what you <laughs> what you thought about the qt marshall <laughs> oh god um, uh uh who did he wrestle uh, bloody um Oh my god, I've completely forgotten. I keep going to say Dustin Rhodes, but uh, it wasn't Billy um, Gunn. Billy Gunn, my god. <laughs> I don't like QT Marshall, but I like his little gang. Uh, I like yeah. his little faction. The that Nick Commentoro fellow looks like a wrestler from the nineteen seventies. Like I'm just like, yeah, man. 
And the Agogo guy looks completely legit, except for the fact that the the punch to the gut is a real like it. He's obviously not ready to be in the ring yet, uh, and his punch to the stomach looks like it's like a Degrassi Junior High like finisher rather than you mm. know. Um, and you know that's that'll that's get okay. better. It, it absolutely will. I- I I really like a finishing move being a kill shot though. That needs mm. to happen more. Not to get all Jim Cornette on everyone's ass. <laughs> but needs but genuinely these are one of the, this is one of the few things I agree with him on. If you've got a finishing move, it needs to be a finisher. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. Like on big occasions you can have someone kick out of it, but it can't be you know you're hitting your diamond cutter seven times in a match and the opponent kicks out every time. It just yes. becomes a you know diminishing Diminishing returns, right? Um, <clears throat> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I feel like I'm slowly being turned on this storyline with QT and Dustin and Cody and shit to the point where I've gone from infuriated to meh. You know what I mean? <laughs> where it's like eventually when there's a blow-off to this feud, I'll be like, eh. <laughs> Whereas like four weeks ago, I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened in wrestling history, blah, 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 blah. So I suppose that's kind of got to you've got to give some credit to QT Marshall. Well, you certainly do, but I haven't. Uh, I'm not there yet. I don't want to see <laughs> QT Marshall. I trade in the feud to not see QT Marshall. It would have been so much better if Dustin Rhodes was the. It just would have been a thousand times better if Dustin Rhodes was the leader of this. Yep. Crew. But anyway, and I thought Christian wrestled really well as well. I know a oh, lot yeah. of people, I thought Will Hobbs and Christian had a great match. And a lot of people yeah. complained about that as well because it was like Christian lost for 10 minutes and then he hit one move and won. That's like, what a finisher well, is. One, that's a Christian match. Like you obviously have never watched Christian wrestle in the last 20 years. And two, that's what a, that's what the kill switch does. That's how great, that's how powerful it is. It's a finishing move. If he hits it, he's going to win. Mm. Anyway, I thought it was great. Yep. Agreed. Uh do do you wanna do you wanna hear about what's what's going on next week? Should we throw forward? Mm, yes, most definitely. So we've got P- Penta versus Orange Cassidy. I'm assuming yeah, you're man. in for that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. Oh, hello. Mm. The Young Bucks versus the Side Owl Brothers. Oh, God, maybe a little bit less. The well, I can't wait for a, I can't wait for a clean, crisp, fiery Matt Jackson promo. <laughs> the Nightmare Family versus the Factory. Uh, the Inner Circle <laughs> Pinnacle Parlay, which will be good, obviously. And uh, Cage versus Page. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that did. Yeah, that that did kick off. Um. Yeah, man. It's a pretty, pretty decent I'm really episode. into that. that that's, that's a good episode. I mean, that's the thing with Dynamite, though. Like, they're all really good, right? They're, like, they're all at least like a 6.57 out of 10. Mm. And then it just sort of varies on your own personal taste where it, where it goes from there. But I, I thought I thought this episode was really, really good. I don't know whether I'm 
an idiot and I don't understand wrestling or like I just when I was looking at everyone else's reviews I was like what what I don't yeah, they, understand they don't I have this a was doctorate. a great episode they don't have a doctorate in wrestling so that's the thing You're I right. see things that other people don't see that's exactly right that's what that's why people listen to this I assume <laughs> I don't know who knows man but it <laughs> but it keeps happening and there's more of them all the time which is bizarre um, it is bizarre. I think we probably we probably have to thank Captivate FM for that. Our um, our new uh, website is wrestlewolf.captivate.fm. Uh, that's it. That's the website. It's a bit of a weird one, but that's that's us. Um, uh, you can follow us on the socials. We're in. We're still in the process of getting Patreon set up and stuff, but uh, that will be done soon. We've got a uh, WCW episode coming out on Monday and then our uh, ECW episode coming out at the end of the month, which I think is Wednesday this week. Um, but, yeah, just wait until the end of the month when someone goes, oh, it's the last day. When someone pinches and punches you for the first day of the month, you'll be like, <laughs> oh, the ECW episode's out. Um, yeah, and then uh, I don't know. I suppose I'll do an NWA Power review next week as well. I'm having. I'm really struggling with NWA at the moment, Matt. I'm not sure if you've been listening to my reviews, but uh, you suffer for the people. They didn't even have an episode last week. They they just like had this weird thing called Power Surge, which was like a bunch of interviews and clips and shit. Third episode in of a new series. Nah, we're not doing a proper episode this week. I, I like it. And good on them. No announcement as to why wasn't addressed this week. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, welcome back, dickheads. Thanks for the money. You you know what this Billy Corgan's wrestling promotion is starting to be a lot like? Billy Corgan's Smashy music Bongans. career. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, wow, this is so great and, like, has a lot of potential. Then it meets the potential and you're like, holy shit, this is incredible. Like, he's doing these mm. sprawling matches and stories and, oh, my God. And then it's like, oh, he's starting to do some stuff that's, look, it's it's still good. I still like, I still like it. I still like it. I still like it. And then it goes away for a long time and you're, like, excited to get it back and you're like, this is not what I anticipated as a, as you put zeitgeist on. I think we're at the zeitgeist of NWA. <laughs> or maybe we're at the future embrace. You I don't can't, know. You can't go to your fans who've stuck with you for 12 months, admittedly because they were doing the right thing, but then go, hey, look, we're going to put the show behind a paywall. It's the only way we can carry forward, blah, 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 blah. And then week three, go, eh, eh, can't be fucked. You say I mean, people they, are paying they for this, Matt. It's not that. that it's even on. <laughs> it's, it's not. The, <laughs> but they can. It's not. Like, if it was on YouTube, whatever, who cares? You're not paying for it, right? But people are paying the same amount for NWA Power as they are for Dynamite on Fight TV. I mean, to be fair, it's only you. Your pain. <laughs> True. True. I think Tom from Cultaholic is the other person as well. <laughs> There's two of us. But besides- <laughs> Anyway, um, let's leave that there. Heaps of stuff coming out. Um, just subscribe and you'll get all of it. Um, but until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead.